I'll never forget it. I sat down next to him on his bunk by myself with this convicted murderer, and just we had just the, the best conversation. Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It Cool with Vicki Coolidge. Today, I brought my mock trial teacher, Deck Denman, back on the podcast, and he talked about his experience in prison ministries. Have you ever wondered what it's like to minister to prisoners? Keep listening to find out. All right. Hey, well, thank you for coming on the podcast again. Absolutely. My (laughs) pleasure. Return to the scene of the crime. (laughs) I love having you on. Um, Yeah. So, you know, you, you have so many stories, as we heard on the last podcast you did. And you have many hilarious stories, but you also have some really serious, influential stories. And one in particular is your work in prison ministry. So yeah. can you please tell us about that? Yeah. Um, back in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, I spent uh, several years working with uh, a prison ministry. And uh, it's, uh, you know, Paul said, uh, talked about, you know, visiting him in prison, you know. Uh, so there's a lot of folks there that, well, everybody needs Jesus, okay? Uh, but uh, they're really hurting. They're isolated. They're alone. They, Some of them are, they're pretty bad dudes. But, you know, Paul was a bad dude, okay? So... They're looking for something. They just don't know right. that it's faith-based. And that's what we want to do. We want to we want to tell them about the love of Jesus. And, and a lot of them never heard about that before and didn't understand it. So we have the opportunity of going into these prisons. And uh, what impacted me was the very first time. I went with a friend of mine who talked me into it. And I said, yeah, I'll go. I think he was surprised, actually, because so many people are going, oh, no, I'm not going there. But I said, yeah, yeah, I'd be glad to do that. I, I think that would be interesting. So uh, you go through a little bit of training and so forth. And it's a, it's a weekend. You spend a, a Friday evening and all day Saturday and then a Sunday morning. So you really get to spend some time in the prison. And through this ministry, we actually had the ability to go into the pods with the prisoners eat meals with the prisoners, which just surprised them, you know, because here here I am just right next to them in line, eating, talking with them and so forth. And that really gave you the ability to communicate better with these folks because here's somebody that is, man, he's he's walking in my shoes right now. You know, it's just him. Uh, so it, you talk about walking by faith, absolutely. But that was, that was the cool thing about it. Anyway, uh, I was... Uh, First time out of the box, uh, we were trained and everything, but still, you don't know what you're walking into. Right. And this was in South Texas. Um, and we got there, and, you know, the Bible talks about the fields are white with harvest, white for the harvest, okay? All these prisoners were in the common area, hundreds and hundreds of them, and they all had on white jumpsuits. And that just jumped out at me. And my friend who taught me into this, my quote-unquote good friend, he said, I'll be with you. I'll stick with you the first evening. It's going to be great. You're going to do fine. Just stick with me. We got there. He immediately saw some folks he'd seen before last year. And he says, you're going to be great. i got to go over here. And takes off. And here I am standing here. I have no idea what to do. Okay? So I'm kind of like... 
Lord, you're going to have to lead me. You're going to have to inspire me. Show me what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And I saw a unit, a building right here where they're housed. And I thought, I'm going to go in there. I was just led to go in there. And I walked in there. And of course, everything in there, uh, chairs and tables and everything, they're all soldered down so that, you know, they can't use them as weapons. It's a whole different world, whole different world. So I went in there and it, I wasn't in there 15 seconds. Biggest guy I had ever seen in my life. I mean, with that white jumpsuit on, he, you know, he looked like the Yeti. He was huge. And wow. he looked at me and he looked like, I didn't know if he was, you know, going to eat me his food or what he was going to do. But he was giving me the strangest look. I'm just, then I started looking back at him and, you know, make eye contact. Okay. And um, he looked at me and he says, have you got a minute? And I said, absolutely. I've got all weekend. I want to talk. I said, okay, let's, we'll sit around. You know, we sat out on those metal chair and metal table that was soldered down. And he looked me right in the eye, and I will never, ever forget this. He said, I'm scared of dying. This is the biggest guy I'd ever seen. He, he wasn't a, shouldn't be afraid of anybody in that prison. And he probably is one of the leaders. But he looked at me, and he had a tear in his eye, and he said, I'm scared of dying. I was taken aback. And I thought, Lord, how am I supposed to talk to this guy? And he just gave me the words. And I looked at him and little old me talking to big old him. And I said, you need to be. And he kind of backed up a little bit like, what is this little banny rooster saying to me? <laughs> and I said, Absolutely. You are right. You need to be because you got to understand what's going to happen after that. And if you don't have your salvation straightened out, you should be very afraid. And he's like, tell me more. Really? And we were able to lead him to the Lord. And on that Sunday, when we were leaving, we leave around noon on Sunday, he was, you could spot him in a crowd. You know, he's a foot taller than everybody else. I was leaving because we'd seen each other once or twice later on during the week, talked and so forth. And, you know, we, the, they follow up afterwards and so forth. Another group does. But uh, I was leaving. He yelled at me, Dad, you pray for me. And I hollered back. I said, now you pray for me. And he went, I will, brother. Last I ever saw of him. Wow. But just... Unbelievable. Just You just go, Lord, what do you want me? And boom, you can't ask for somebody to have a heart ready when they walk up to you and say, I'm scared of dying. I mean, wow. Um, another time, a uh, different prison, and this was a little bit more unique situation. Uh, I was walking through, and we were actually going from pod to pod and talking to uh, talking to folks, and there was a guy there. He had been a member of uh, a gang in San Antonio, and according to some of the markings that he had on him, he had murdered several people. Gang initiation, whatever, ritual, so forth, but yeah. Uh, and he was also going through 
their 12-step program because he was uh, he was uh, drug addicted. And that's what this program was for. It, all the prisoners there were going through that. So you not only had convicts, but you had convicts going through withdrawals and so forth. So it was a very unique place. But he called me over, and I, I'll never forget it, I sat down next to him on his bunk by myself with this convicted murderer, and just we had just the, the best conversation. He looked at me. And, you know, you could tell he was a one tough cookie, okay? But he just, he started saying, he says, I've made terrible mistakes, and I'm paying for it. And he says, but what I'm really concerned is, is I've got a two-year-old daughter at home I've never seen, and I may never see. And he just, he just started sobbing. And he was, he was a broken man. When people realize the effects of their decisions and their mistakes and the repercussions, when they really, really understand the weight of what they've done, it can be very heavy. And he was he was a broken man. And I guess we talked hour, hour and a half. We shared verses. I explained to him, and he got saved. Wow. Just amazing. God is yeah. so powerful if people would just open up and listen. If they just open up their heart and understand. That's just a, a couple of the instances that that I, I remember. Uh, just fantastic. Just fantastic. We had a, a, one of the things they do, if you don't mind me continuing. Absolutely not. One of the things they do is obviously, uh, what's the expression? You got to bait the hook. You can't talk to these people. Usually these two guys that was unusual. Usually what they do is they try and get crowds, okay? Because you can't do one-on-one -on -one in a big prison. There's just so many of them. But what you try to do is, uh, so you got you to gotta bait the hook. They might have a, a champion power lifter or, uh, you know, um, an Olympic whatever, and uh, or a basketball player, a famous football player. You got to have a draw, okay? And... One time they had one of the four horsemen. You probably don't know what that means, but he was a famous wrestler. And a lot of those guys are into that kind of stuff. And when they found out he was there, huge crowd. And I'm telling you what, he called what it was. He lit into them. He put conviction in them. He told them how they could, you know, and he gave the plan of salvation and I had seven or eight. There were so many of them came forward. There was probably 15 or 20 in, that we were working there. And we, each one of them, had seven or eight people come to us wanting to know how to be saved. That is unbelievable. Yeah. I can't, I can't even imagine. And so it was like, wow. Once again, give me the right words to say. This is a, this is a unique situation. Normally, this is a one-on-one, -on -one, and we just don't have the time because this was on a Sunday morning, culminating, we're running out. But we managed to work with them, and it was it just phenomenal. I, 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 I kind of um, tell myself I need to get back into it. Yeah. I really do because it was some of the most amazing times. So that's uh, that's some of the things that went on at the. I, if you want it, I recommend it highly. I really do. You learn more about yourself. Yeah. You really do. You really do. Yeah, and I think like um, 
prisoners are sometimes just kind of forgotten because they're so isolated from yeah. society. Yeah. And it's like they're people too and they're lost and they need Jesus as well. So, I mean, Absolutely. that's incredible. Absolutely. Um, well, see, they're also really easy to convince that we're all sinners. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. I've messed yeah. up. But of course, if you talk to them, everybody in there is innocent. That's that's the joke. Right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, it's really amazing. Uh, and uh, the difficulty they have when they get out of prison, one of the problems is, is a lot of people, they can't handle it. Either difficulty getting jobs or they're so used to following a routine and being told right. what to do. They have trouble making decisions. So a lot of them end up committing crimes to go back to prison. And that's a shame. That's oh. a shame. Yeah. Wow. So how did meeting with these prisoners like affect and like change your life because of it? I mean, because that's huge. I'm not really sure how many people like get the chance to like sit on a bunk bed next to a prisoner and like really just get to do what you did? Well, it gives you a perspective. There but for the grace of God go I. Right. Okay? Because we're all sinners. Okay? And there's no degree. Sin is sin to God. Okay? So, um, it gave me a, 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 a respect for those that get out and do well, because that's so difficult. It gave me uh, a sensitivity, uh, like you were mentioning, uh, they all need Jesus, okay? They all need Jesus. Uh, you think about the, the other two being crucified. Jesus didn't say, hey, you guys messed up, sorry. You know, he says, hey, this day you'll be in paradise with me. Awesome. So, and it gave me um, uh, the knowledge, knowing what they're going through and so forth. Uh, you can pray specifically. You know the, the, the burdens that's going on. And like I say, uh, a lot of them in there, they just made a mistake. They just made a mistake. And they're having to pay for it. So, yeah. That's sad, and so is the family, and that's sad. For sure. And that impact, I think that impacts them more than anything. A lot of them will tell you, yeah, I did it, and eh, I probably deserve what I got, but, you know, like the one with the little daughter. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a shame. That's It's hard on the family. So because they're in prison, do you think that they're, like, more open to the idea of the gospel? That's a great question. I would say yes, and the reason is, is they've got such a controlled life, and there's very little distractions, and they've got a lot of time to think. Right, and, yeah, that's what I'm You know, thinking. like I say, it's easier for them to say, yeah, I know I'm a sinner, because I've thought about a thousand times what I did, how I got caught, how I wish it hadn't happened, and so forth. So, yeah, yeah. And also, they're they're hungry for some sort of normalcy from from the real world. You know, they've been cut off and it's a it's an island unto itself. So when folks come out and they know that we're sacrificing, they know that we're way out of our comfort zone, but if we came out there and we came out there for them, not for us, even though like I said we get a lot out of it, but they know we came out there for them. So a lot of them really respect us for that or respect the programs for that. Some right. don't, but you know, that's just that's just life. For sure. Yeah. Oh, and that's really awesome that God like used you to like 
in prison ministries. And that's so awesome. And, and and the thing about it is also it it makes you it, it makes you more bold because some folks have and I understand that everybody's different. Um, some folks have a real difficulty talking to people about Jesus or talking to them about salvation. But I'll tell you what, if you go through that, that's like that's like boot camp. Okay, if you can do that, you can certainly talk to your banker, your lawyer, your baker, your dry cleaner. It's so much easier to be able to say, hey, do you have a church home? Oh, you don't. Hey, let me invite you. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm not really into that church stuff. Well, I don't blame you. You know, Jesus, uh, it's not about church. It's about faith. And then you start talking to them, you know, that way. Can you leave it, lead it as a, a lead in? But it's so much easier to talk to people once, you know, if you've been done, done this for a couple of years, you know, and you sit with these guys and, you, you know, you're face to face with some of these, some of these rascals. Okay. Yeah. Because if you can do that with them, like I said, you can do it with your next door neighbor. Yeah. Ah, so true. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on and oh, yeah. sharing about your time in prison ministry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. I, I made sure that they gave me a big badge that says I am a visitor. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, Matt. <laughs> All right. Well, it's so good having you on. Thanks for coming. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to Keeping It Cool with Vicki Coolidge. I hope this podcast impacted you as much as it did me. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you guys next time.